6. That will probably help. Is that better? All right. I can't tell up here. I can't hear it. But all right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you. Remember what mammon is, right? Mammon was the the personified uh, god of wealth. Okay? It's the desire for wealth. There's nothing wrong with money, but when it becomes your god, that's a problem. Okay? Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, And here's what he's meaning. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Wouldn't that be weird? We just took a hike down through Box, Box Springs Canyon, or Box Canyon Springs, and uh, passing those flowers, and pass a flower, and hear it going, <clears throat> or, you know, or clicky, 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 clicky. Yeah. Verse 29. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things... Do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself." Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, Lord, I'd ask that you would, Lord, help us this morning. Lord, I pray if there's someone who's wandering in their mind this morning that you would help them to be able to focus today. And Lord, if there's someone who's burdened, 
about the thoughts of tomorrow, Lord, that they would purposefully set those aside this morning and listen to what you would speak to our heart. And we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So the few things I want to I kind of walk through and talk about, clarify just a little bit, because some of you are going, <clears throat> okay, you know, I know we're supposed to take the Bible literally and all that, but does that mean I just don't buy clothes? Don't buy food and just somehow it's going to magically show up in my, in my closet? Well, okay, so yes and no. You understand that what's being presented in the book of Matthew here were the primary needs of the day. Okay? The needs, the primary needs of the day. I'm just telling you a little secret. Humans, I'm going to use some really bad English here. Humans never don't need nothing. We always need something. Like I really need that new Ford Bronco, you know. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? The needs. So what he's talking about here, number one, is the needs of the day. The things that would cause those people of that day to have concern for the next day. Okay? Literally, some people worked today for the food for today. Which we still have that in the world today. I don't know if you know that or not. There are some people that literally work a whole day just to be able to get one meal a day in this world, to now. Present tense. Okay? So for them, the needs, the things that make them, the things that make them think and have concern are food and water and clothing and shoes, okay? Most of us, we don't worry a whole lot about that unless it's, you know, which shoes I get, which water, Uh, you know, no tap water for me. It's only, you know, Aquafina forever. Aquafina, that stuff's made by Coke. You need spring water. Okay, everybody here. And then we have to look at this interesting, this take no thought. So now it's, our version is, oh, you mean don't think about it? No, the, the word thought here is, is the word anxious is how we would use it. Okay, take no thought. In other words, this kind of, That kind of thinking. You know, it's, man, I don't just, I, oh boy, no, no, well, maybe. <laughs> That's the kind of thought, take no thought. The word literally we would use now would be anxiety. Anxious. He says, you all are being anxious about your needs, the things that you, that you need. Okay, now again, if we were to move that into modern day, us, what, what are you, are, is everybody here, and I understand, there might be a few people who are anxious about what's going to be in the fridge tomorrow. Now, I did put that correct, what's going to be in the fridge, not if there's going to be in the fridge. Now, I do believe there's probably some people, in, even probably in Jerome, uh, with, uh, they need a little bit of help with some other things, budgeting maybe, uh, alcoholism, Drugs, whatever. But typically in the United States, we don't worry about if there's going to be clothes. Just whether we're going to buy them at Walmart or Target or Neiman Marcus. 
We don't worry about if there's going to be food. It's just, is there going to be beef? Or fresh veggies? Is everybody everybody here? We don't worry. Those aren't the things that keep us up at night. And so you could say then, okay, then this verse doesn't apply to us. No, you're missing the point. He's talking to people who are worrying about the word morrow. And the, generally, the, the, word, the word morrow in the Jewish sense is not just tomorrow. It's the future. The future. So, um, some of you might spend your things that are causing you to go, right now is the stock market. Because your retirement is tied to those yahoos up there in... D.C. And wish he'd quit messing around with stuff. You hear me? What you might be worrying about is how you're going to pay for your needs once retirement is done. Notice that it all comes back to, though, food, water, and raiment. Shelter. In our country, in our country definitely shelter is a, a big deal, which I think it should be in most countries. But the idea here is, He's looking at a group of people who are believers and telling them, you all are spending a lot of thought time worrying about what am I gonna, how am I going to take care of my food tomorrow? How am I going to worry about my next pair of shoes? How am I going to worry about my, my next clothes that I have to wear? I mean, they're concerned and worry about tomorrow. I've got to fix this and I've got to figure that. And how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that? You hear? Take no thought. Stop being anxious and worrying putting worrying time into tomorrow. And I, and I know he ends it up real good. I'm kind of I'm closing the message in, and then we'll, we'll go back and look at, kind of maybe illustrate a little bit better. And he even says in verse 32, this is what the lost people worry about. They spend their whole life anxious about what? Remember, was it Howard Hughes? Was it Howard Hughes? How, many, how much more is, uh, how, much, how much is enough? How much money is enough? Was it Howard Hughes or Hugh Hefner? Here's Howard Hughes. How much money is enough? One dollar more. Howard Hughes spent all of his time, you know, he wouldn't even walk in his own bathroom without putting paper towels on the floor for fear somebody might put poison on the floor that might transfer through his bare feet. Why? Because he's anxious. He's got to hold on to what he's got. He's got to get a little bit more. You know, if I got this and I got that, well, you know, it's just not right that my kids should grow up without toys. And I don't mean toys like toy box toys. I mean like all the extras. Well, we got to have this, we got to have that, you know, and they got to be involved in every sport. And it's just not right that my wife, you know, she shouldn't have to buy everything at Target. You know, and, and, and I'm, okay, listen. My wife, has a, my wife has a couple of coach purses. Thank the Lord. Not because I got them. <laughs> But, oh man, I gotta make sure she has coach purses. Oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure she gets, you know, I get my, my suits are from, you know, the latest, the latest, you know, I did tell you about the Armani suit I saw, right? $2,500. Like, I didn't touch that, honest. <laughs> It'd be nice to have it. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have a, I mean, feels good, it, it moves with you really nice, it breathes nice, it looks pretty sharp, makes you look skinnier and bigger, whatever. The things that we worry about, or, you know, man, I just, I got to have enough to make sure, I need to make sure I got enough to get my grandkids. Uh, listen, you hear what I'm saying? What, what, is it that, what is it that you start going, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? I just don't know how I'm going to do this. this. 
oh, I've got to figure out this, and I've got to figure out that, and I've got to work. And you just, oh, my goodness. Now, listen, this, what the Lord is not taking away from all of his teaching and being a good steward. Amen. We should be a good steward with the things that we have. Amen. And he's not saying don't prepare. Matter of fact, the Bible even says, a good, a good man leaveth an inheritance for his children's children. That takes preparation. You get the picture. He's not taking away from preparation. He's not taking away from even some common sense planning. What he's doing is going after people who are spending their, all of their time in their mind worrying about it, full of anxiousness and concern and going, oh, what about this and what about that? And oh, I've got to figure this out. And I, oh, my goodness. It just, you hear what I'm saying? Is everybody following me along? And then he, I mean, he, I love how he says it at the end there. The very last thing he says is, sufficient unto, is, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That's a really nice way of saying, you got plenty enough to worry about right now than worrying about stuff that you can't even touch yet. You know, you, you know when, the, when the, was it Black Tuesday? You know, the stock market just fell through the floor. And what did, what did some of these guys do? They jumped out of these. Why? Because they were all tied up. That's where all their thought process and their thought time was spent. Anxious about tomorrow, and I've got to figure this out, and we've got to plan for that, and I've got to do this. And they were, I mean, literally, they were, they were having angst and anxiety, building themselves up, worrying about what's going on about this. And then God said, okay, we'll just rip that out. And his purpose wasn't to make them feel bad. The purpose, I think, was for them to start looking to God, who's the only real provider, but they couldn't look to that. Money was their God. And when God disappeared, they had no purpose to live. Everything I've been tied up in, it's all gone. It's all gone. How, what am I going to do now? That's, there's, that's no faith in God, is it? Those people didn't have faith in God because if they had a shred of hope in God, they would have been able to, maybe with a tear down their cheek, smile and say, but I can trust God. He'll take care of me. Amen. Has everybody got the general idea? Um, so, I mean, we just walk through real quick. He says, he says in, the, in the first few passages there, the first little bit, why do you, don't take talk for your life. And generally, this is what he means by it. He says, why are you worrying about what you're going to drink or for your body or what your raiment you're going to put on? And then he says this at the end of verse 25. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Now, what do you think about that? Who, where, does, where does the meat come from that we get? Where, where does the where does stuff come from that we get? God, God does that. But somehow we think we do. Hello? I, I bring home the bacon. I am the, I am the provider at my house. Oh, really? But notice what he compares it to. Is not life more than meat? Who gave you life? Hello? God who provides life, but he's not going to give you a way to sustain it. Then what else does he say? He says, not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Who gave you your body? Who created these things? God did. God can provide life, which is a miracle, and a body, which is a product of life, was still a miracle. And here we are going, oh, what am I going to wear? Do you see this comparison? It's like, it's like Matthew's putting these things on a scale going, uh, hello, are you really thinking here? And then he goes down a little further. He says, behold, he said, we've got birds, we've got, we've got lilies. He said, they don't, 
Now, granted, I know squirrels, squirrels gather up nuts and store. He's using a general term here. Don't try to make this apply to every single animal that's ever existed here. You know as well as I do that most birds just eat what they find. They, do they find a lot at your place? Do you provide for them? Hello? Some people put them out? Yeah, you think you're the one making sure those birds are fed. Well, not according to Scripture. I, I do love watching birds eat, watching them gather in. Watching, I love have a hummingbird feeder and you know, try to draw in certain birds. That's all fun stuff. But God says, he says, uh, I take care of them. They don't have to worry about what they're wearing. And birds are beautiful. Have you paid attention? I mean, birds, there's something not granted. There's, even some of the ugly ones. Why is it that a grackle is a nasty bird? And why has it got to have all that pearly, pretty look to it? It's black. Like, that ain't right. I'm seeing a couple of awesome birds. Yeah, those, those, those are really good. Look at those birds just soaring through the sky. Those are vultures. Why do, why do vultures have to look good flying through the sky? Oh, God clothed them. I just, you think about this. And the lily of the field. The Bible says, Solomon arrayed in all of his glory. The most, the wealthiest man that, I don't know, may have ever existed, I don't know. But he certainly was the wealthiest man of his time. Plenty of money, have whatever he wants, wears whatever he wants, can, can make sure everything's manicured and soft and looking great. And he says, you ever notice a lily? Ever, uh, along our hike the other day, I got a couple pictures of columbine, red western columbine. And I just, man, just, it's beautiful. Little bitty flower this big, it's, it's probably won't even be there if we go back and hike. But just for that moment, all the different shades of orange and red and yellow on that thing and the way it's shaped and perfectly. And, and it's, not, it's not just like red. It's you know, all these different shades and goes back and forth. And as it catches the wind and it's designed, the whole bit, it's beautiful. And here's God saying, yeah, Solomon, he don't hold a candle to the lilies that I just put out in the field for people to walk on. You know, they die. They're gone in no time flat. He said, I can take care of them. He said, now, I want you to think about this. If I can provide for all the things that don't matter in this world, hello, flowers matter. Come on. Human or a flower? You think God would purposefully just say, eh, forget you. Do you hear? Now understand, he's talking, he's talking to these believers here because he, he compares them to Gentiles. And he said, you guys, he said, you couldn't even on purpose add a cubit to your height. He said, and who makes you grow again? Man, I, I'd have given anything for just a couple more inches back in high school. Play basketball, man. I need a couple more inches. Can't, not, can't do a thing about it. Not a thing. But God, God doesn't have a problem with that. He makes babies and people grow all the time. And when we stop growing up, oh, well, never mind. <clears throat> he makes us grow. I just, you, everyone, I think we got the picture, right? So this, listen, I want to I wanna bring this into our world a little bit. So I'm going to use three, three illustrations, okay? So <clears throat> anxious, what does that imply? It's happening here. Now granted, here and here. But it's getting thought time. You, you understand? It's getting thought time. Now, believe it or not, you can't handle everything. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
You can't solve all the problems that you face, much less the world. So you, you understand that? You're going to make mistakes. You can't handle everything on your plate. You can't. If you think you can, we, got, we come to my office, we need to talk a little bit, because you can't. And you're not. <laughs> you know you're not, because the things that you're not are the things that are keeping you awake at night. Hello? So, my first example is for all of you, uh, for all of you who are like super up to date. You know what bandwidth is? Bandwidth? Oh, come on now. Some of you young people know what it is. You're just not giving it up. If you, if you have internet at your house, you have what's called bandwidth. Does that make sense? It's something that has a fixed width. Bandwidth. And you're paying for however many megabits per second. That's the width of your band. Okay? At the church here, because we have, a, have to have a business plan, we pay an exorbitant amount of money for about this much bandwidth. It's, a, it's irritating. I've got like, I think, at the house right now, well over 100 times what we have at the church for half the cost. It's ridiculous. So I've got 100 gig per second at the house, paying hardly anything for it, just because we got a big offer of some, some sort. 100 gig, that's a lot. So that means at any given time, my, my information that's passing between me and a server somewhere can handle 100 gig of information at a time. Now, to put that in perspective, how many of you remember the old floppy disks? That one floppy disk could handle, it's like, I think it was like 512,000 sheets of paper. Something like that. It's like amazing number of sheets of paper. That's just 512K, and we're talking 100 gig, or one gig. I mean, it's 1,000 a thousand, a thousand megs, and every meg is 1,000K. <laughs> so at one given moment, the pipeline that handles the information that goes between my house and whoever provides the internet out there somewhere can handle one gig at a time. Okay, that's a lot. So Katrina can play her Xbox and mom can watch a movie, you know, and I can, I can be running Facebook Marketplace. Dakota can be, can be playing a game and we're all good. Is everybody here? But there's a limit. There's a limit, and there's, there's, there's several things out there. There's, uh, through a bunch of software and hardware little things out there, there's, there's a, a process by which I get one gig, but my neighbor might only be paying for 300 meg. So somewhere back at, the, back at this little hub here, they put on this little device, and it says, nope, you're only getting 300 meg. Well, I get, I get a gig. And that guy over there, he's paying for like 20 gigs, so he's going to get that. And so they put in these limiters, Okay, is everybody here? And it, hand, it stops how much you can wa- watch or do. So if you're only ever sending an email, you don't use much. But if you're watching movies, you're using a lot. And this has bandwidth. And there's something out there that controls. It's a limiter. Listen, I'll get to some of you older folks here in a minute. Just hang on. There's a limiter that says, no, you can't use that much. You can only use this much. Your brain is a lot like that. Your brain has a fixed amount of things that it can handle at any given moment. As a matter of fact, you know how many it is at one time? It's one. No, no, I can handle No, you can't. You can only literally focus on one thing at a time. You might be a good multitasker. You can switch back and forth real fast, but you can only handle one thing at a time. Now, there are some, there are some things that can take up. So picture it as a, this, a pipeline, a pipeline of bandwidth that your, bot, that your brain has. 
It can only handle so much information at one time. And guess who's responsible for what information is passing through it? That's you. You're the one responsible for what's going through your bandwidth. Everybody here? Some of you young kids kind of connecting a little bit here? That's okay. Okay, we're good to go. All right. You'd only, you can only handle, so if you've got music playing in the background or there's a TV playing in the background, some of your bandwidth is getting eaten up. You're not, you're not consciously focusing on it, but your subconscious is picking it up. And so it's taking up some bandwidth. So that's taken away from your thought process time. Hear me? Now, if the rest of that time, all you're worrying about, hear that? Worrying about? Because everybody knows what that means. Man, what am I going to do? We've got to think about this. And i got to, you know, and, oh, man, I'm sure the truck's going to have to have tires next week. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've got this bill coming out. So, man, those groceries there. And how are we going to pay that bill that week? How, how are we going to get groceries that week? Oh, my goodness. I don't. And then, of course, we've got a birthday coming up. And somewhere I've got to come up with money for that. Oh, sure it would be nice to have a vacation. wonder if I can fit that in there. How am I going to get that? Oh, I've got I've to gotta do this. My wife deserves it. You hear what I'm saying? Everybody hear me? Worry. Not planning, worry. Anxious. Well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And you're filling up the pipeline with that. Okay, so let me move off. For those of you who are getting bored now, we'll move on to another illustration. So now we're going to aim at sports fans. Uh, I'm enjoying baseball right now. Uh, did, did anybody see uh, Springfield Cardinals minor leaguer just hit the home run circle? The home run, uh, what is it called? The home run circle? The home run, what's that? Cycle, cycle, thank you. In other words, he got a single home run and a double and a triple and a grand slam all in one game. Pretty cool. Nobody's ever done that in the major leagues. So kind of cool. So I'm liking, I'm liking to watch this. But, you know, if I got that guy on my team, you think I'm putting him in as a hitter? Hello? If I'm the GM, general manager, guess what? That means I'm responsible for who's playing what position, what the batting order is, okay? How long they do that, when it's time to swap out the pitcher. Everybody here? So if I want to win, am I going to keep... I think this guy's name was, was it Chase, I think? Am I going to keep him on the bench? But it, listen, hear me? You know what I'm saying? Uh, follow me through. I'm responsible as a general manager for who's stepping up to the plate, for who's out there on the field. Okay, now let's just pause here a sec. You're responsible, listen, in your life for what, what problem is up next in your mind to be dealt with and how you're going to deal with it. Which tools are you going to use? Follow me all the way through. We're going to bring it all together at the end. You're going to put out your losing team, or you want your winning team? Hello? You want the team out there that's going to give you the best opportunity to win this game, right? And you're going to, you're going to take care of some resources. You're not going to overuse, because, you, know, you, you know, if you have a Derek Jeter, and you keep, okay, for those of you who don't know, that's like, He's really good at baseball, or was. He's retired now. They called him the captain. Okay? So if, if you got Derek Jeter, you're going to have him out a lot. But you can't put him out every game. They play 160-some games. Like, that's a lot. 
So, you know, you want to you harbor the resources. You want to put them in. You know, if you're going to win the game anyway, don't put Jeter in. Save him for when we face, you know, like the Braves or the Cardinals. Back in the day, when Jeter was playing. I'm back in. <laughs> Is everybody here? So the, I'm responsible. So in your mind, guess what? You've got problems showing up all the time, and you're responsible for what tool you're, or what's on the plate that you're going to deal with. You know, i got this problem i got to deal with. Well, what's on the plate that I'm going to deal with? What's the next hitter in my circuit? How am I going to deal with this? What's, the next, what's my next hitter? How, who's going to catch? Who's going to be out there in the field? Who's going to deal with that? Who's going to deal with that? In other words, I'm responsible for all those positions, and the game, the game win may be up to my placement. Why are you putting more pressure on me? Follow me all the way through to the end. Hold on. And we spend a lot of time anxious about that. Okay, so now I've lost some of you. Ladies, if you're not baseball fans, just hang in. We'll get back. So now, last one, some of you might get this one. I know Miss Giselle will. Is a property manager. Let's say you got a, you got a rent house, okay? You got a, 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 a building of apartments, Okay? On this building, this building that's full of apartments, you put a property manager. He's responsible for, number one, taking care of the property, maintenance. Number two, I'm going to give him responsibility for seeing who goes in and who goes out. Who's, who are those who get to stay in the building and who's not? Every house is up to him. Your brain is just like that rental house. Listen, your brain is just like that rental house. There's only so many rooms. And you are responsible for what goes in each room. You're, you're the property manager. Listen. Oh, I just, I don't know about that. There's times I can't control it. Sure you can. Well, I just don't know about that. I don't think I can. You can, you just don't want to. You're allowing yourself to be driven around by angst, worry, anxiousness. Listen. You, I, I'm assuming we have the control to do that. Why? Because in this passage, God tells us that we should have something else in our mind instead of anxiousness. In other words, implying that we have the ability to say, nope, not that, this. So what's the goal? There must be a goal. You know, if you're playing baseball, there's a goal, a game. If you have an internet, internet service, what's the goal? Enough internet to handle the information that I need, that I've got to put in there. If you're having a property manager, somebody's not going to trash the place. You want good renters. You don't want people that are tearing the place down. Okay, let's just pause right here, right there. Is your brain, your mind, getting trashed by the problems that you're facing right now? I want you to think about that a little bit. Do you feel beat up by your problems, or do you feel in control? Come on. It's interesting that that the Lord, how he uses this. He says... You know, so all this process, you guys are worrying, worrying, worrying. You're having all this anxiousness, and you're worried about this, and you're worried about that. And for them, they were the needs of the day. And for us, it might be things that were our needs of the day, things that we might need for the morrow. And he says in verse 31, take no thought. Don't, don't stop being anxious about these things. Stop worrying and spending all this, all this time. You've only got so much time. You've only got so much brain time. You've only got so much brain power. And you're spending more than enough of it sitting there being, wor- being full of anxiousness and worry and concern about how are we going to take care of what's not even on my plate yet. 
I'm not literally facing it right now. You understand when a general manager has to decide on a baseball team who's going to be up next, he's, he's not always thinking about three games down. He's looking at the pitcher that's on the mound, the people that are out there, who he's facing, who's, who are the fielders, who's the umpire, and this is the guy I need in right now. He's not worried about four games down the road unless it's health. He's worried about this game right here. You understand, that's why the sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof is put in here. You got enough to think about today. Come on. You got enough things that are going to happen to you that are just today you're going to have to deal with. Look what he says. Take no thought, verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Is that true? Is that what lost people spend all their time worrying about? The future and how I'm going to get, how I'm going to get this and how I'm going to get that and how I'm going to take care of this and how I'm going to take care of that. That's what every conversation is about. How am I going to fix my marriage and how am I going to tell her that and how am I going to take care of my retirement and this fell through the, you know, this stock fell through the floor and how am I going to fix that? And For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. We know that. Look at verse 33. Here's what you do. Seek ye first. First. Here's what needs to be primary in your bandwidth, primary on your team, and the most, the, the most prominent thing that passes through your, your property manager work. This is the first thing. First thing. The kingdom of God. Let's just pause there a second. I want you to take your life and the things that you've been thinking about just this morning. Just this morning, or maybe include yesterday, how much of it included, how is this going to affect the kingdom of God? Come on, this isn't time to go to sleep. Let's wake up right here. How much of what you thought about this morning or yesterday in your worries and your anxiety came down to this? How is this going to affect the kingdom of God in what I'm doing right now? We need to pay pay attention to this. Some of you, listen, some of you came into this room this morning and you have been mostly out of the room, haven't you? Come on. You've been dreaming about lunch. Sorry, teenage boys. And some of us older fellows. You've been dreaming about, you know, your car, the problem that you had at the house, the discussion you had on the way from, from the house this morning. The, the, the problem that you've got with a family member who's out in, who's somewhere else in, in the world. Listen, you had, you had, you had, right now, listen, at this moment, you've got an opportunity to choose who's on base, what room gets filled, what's, what you spend your bandwidth on, and here's what God is saying. Here's what I want you to spend it on. The kingdom of God. First. First. First, well, I get, listen, you can use all the worldly wisdom you want, but you're denying the word of God and you're denying faith in God when you don't put the kingdom of God first. First. Well, what am I going to do about, what does the Lord say there? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, I just don't know about that. Well, that's because you don't know about God. Listen, can you trust God or can't you? Every Christian knows the answer to that. Verbally. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Right now, you have an opportunity. You can sit there and start worrying. Instead of worrying about what's going to happen next or tomorrow or worrying about who knows what or, you know, what maybe God just wants for my life for the future, how about you just worry right now about what you need to worry about right now? What's that? 
What are you doing with what you're getting right now that can advance the kingdom of God? Period. Right there. Right now. But I got to, no you don't. You need to deal with what you got right now in front of you. But what about stop? <laughs> you can be a good planner. There's nothing wrong with that. A planner. But when your planner becomes your life, listen, the, the kingdom of God is planned out. Careful. I'm not saying God can't use planning. Now, you all know that. The, all, all the, uh, how many times have we watched the, the order of service blend with the, with the message like Perfectly, and the order of service was made up weeks ago because God knows what He's doing. It's not because we know what we're doing. As a matter of fact, the moment we try to plan that out is the moment most of what happens, God gets planned out because we're trying to worry about tomorrow. Amen. What am I doing right now that furthers the kingdom of God? And then he doesn't stop there. He adds another thing, doesn't he? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, what? His righteousness. So the kingdom of God, that's the grand scheme of things. What would that be? Giving out of the gospel? Amen? The advancement of the kingdom. What's the advancement of the kingdom? Well, if you're advancing one of God's churches, you're advancing the kingdom. If you're teaching people... If you're teaching people about Christ, you're advancing the kingdom. If you're leading people to the Lord, you're advancing the kingdom. If, you're, if you are praising God publicly, you're advancing the kingdom. You hear me? To worship God, does that advance the kingdom? Absolutely. Does, does worrying about how you're going to pay next month's bill, is that advancing the kingdom? Well, you need to be a good steward. But spending, listen, spending your brain space right now on something that is not a problem yet is a waste of time. As a matter of fact, it's making God, not your God, but mammon. And then it says, His righteousness. Seeking His righteousness. I've quoted this verse a lot. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. I mean, and, and brother, brother Chester mentioned it this morning during, um, during Sunday school, that whole, bar, that whole part he's, Jesus says about eat my flesh and drink my blood is God's call to drink what he has given them spiritually, which is quite clearly the word. How do I advance righteousness? You spend time in the book. Well, I read, I read the Bible this morning. That's great. You even might have studied the Bible. That's great. How did that apply to your life? How does, how does this Get to here, and here, and here. Because if it's not, then you're just reading. His righteousness applied in my life. I seek the kingdom of God, and then I seek His righteousness. These, listen, these are the two things that, that Matthew says. <laughs> I'm still thinking about John, Brother Chester. Matthew says, according to, according to the words of Jesus... This is what you need to, if you're going to spend your brain time on something, spend it on these things. The kingdom of God, the advancement of the kingdom, and his righteousness. Finding out what is his righteousness. How does that begin, what does that begin to look like in me? Amen. Uh, Listen, turn over to the book of Colossians real quick. Because Colossians says almost exactly the same thing. Just, and it uses a whole different realm. The book of Colossians, you want to go to chapter 3.
Book of Colossians, chapter 3. Of course, many of you already know the passage. I'm not going to read the whole bit. Just look at the first verse there. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Does that sound like seek ye first the kingdom of God? Amen. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above. Again, what are we talking about? We're talking about, okay, brain time, maybe heart time. Do you hear that? Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And he gives a little bit of doctrine. I'm not going to walk into all that. He begins to talk about things that we need to get rid of in verse 5. need to get rid of some things. And then he says in verse 8, more things. Here's some more things you need to get rid of. You need to get these things out of your life. In verse 10, he starts talking about new things that need to put in. But I, I want you to go down here for, for forgiveness, for bearing, all those things. Go down with me down to verse 15. Here we go. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. It's interesting. You know what the word rule here means? To disperse. What does that mean? Well, a general manager on a, on a baseball team disperses the positions. A property manager at a, at a rental building disperses the rooms. In other words, you have a choice how to disperse the peace of God, the, the seek ye first the kingdom of God in your heart. And that's what it says, how do I let that rule? Let the peace of God. I don't let my anxieties make my choice for what I'm doing next. I let the peace of God. Listen, the peace of God make those choices. Peace and anxiety don't belong together. So I either trust God, listen, you can either faith or fret. <laughs> faith or fret. It was really interesting. You know what the word, the word fret, you know what I'm talking about? Not a guitar fret. I'm talking about fretting. Like The word fret comes from an old English, comes from two words. It means for, eat, which means literally this. What am I going to eat in the for, in the forward? Isn't that interesting? It's almost like God knew the English language somehow. Take no thought for what you're going to eat. Fret. Well, what am I going to eat? I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, I, I, things like hearing about senior citizens who are now in retirement eating dog food, that's a concern for them and for me. Fret. You hear me? It's interesting. We can choose faith or fret. Look at the verse 15 again. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, well, how do I respond to anxiety? I search for wisdom. Amen. I search for wisdom. I, I'm telling you, I, I, this is one of those things, again, I, and I, maybe I've, I'm being a broken record on this lately, but I understand people use devotional books, and there is a time and place for devotional books. There is. I have been blessed uh, by, by Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. I have been blessed by Oswald Chambers, uh, his book very much. But I'm telling you, the, the best things you're going to get out of Scripture are things when you need an answer from God. And you don't want to worry about it. You want to trust Him, and so you go looking for the answer yourself. I don't care how old you are. They're in there. The answers are in there. Are you willing to stop fretting 
and start looking for answers and having some faith. Everybody right now, when you leave this building, you're going to keep keep passing through a series of one thing at a time. Some of you are a little faster than others, you know, especially you women, you know, you got mom and and son and kid and the the friends and family and what we're going to eat and what we're going to eat when we get to Thanksgiving. and And guys over there going, watch. There still, there still has to be all filtered through one thing, the peace of God, and seek ye first the kingdom of God. So when you walk out the door, listen, well, how can I have lunch? Listen, how can lunch further the kingdom of God? I don't know, that's a good question. Have you ever asked God? You're not going to give us an answer? No, I want you to think on it. Well, I might take a nap this afternoon. Okay. Does that further the kingdom of God? Well, what's wrong with taking a nap? I didn't say anything about that taking a nap was wrong. I did not. I'm going to take one this afternoon. What I'm asking you is, how does it further the kingdom of God? Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's an awful lot of people doing an awful lot of worry about things that, guess what? We could have a tornado rip through here and everything that you think is important and happy. It's all done. Gone. Tornado in Idaho? I don't know. Okay, fire. You hear me? All that worry and angst, what's it for now? Invested in a bunch of stuff that's scattered from here to kingdom come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Remember, we used the, we used the same thing last week. We had the eternal box. And we have the temporal box. I want you to notice that Jesus has still not left topic. If we go back to our passage in Matthew, okay, we're talking about this, we're talking about, we go back to verse 19, which we preached last week. Lay not up for yourselves, lay not up for, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. And then he goes down to verse 22. He says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, focused, Thy whole body shall be full of light, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Again, the idea being that you can have a focus, uh, I'm sorry, over here, focused eye on things that are eternal, or, now this is interesting, in, right here, when it says uh, the idea, the, when it says take no thought, the word anxious there, the root word of the, of the word anxious there is to be literally torn apart by so many things that are, or, or even a divided vision. Does anybody ever feel torn apart by all the needs of the things that you're worrying about today and tomorrow and the next day and what's going to happen in the future? What am I going to do with that? And the kids and the retirement and the job and the wife and the husband. And well, that's what anxious means. It means torn apart. I can't even focus on what's the right thing to do anymore. That's because you're being anxious instead of you're fretting instead of having faith that there are answers. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not poorly. Richly. A lot of this. Because there's a lot of things to face. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a good planner. I'm not saying that these not hard things are going to be out in your life. But what I am saying is, listen, for today, there's enough happening on your plate right now. Listen. It's hard enough listening to some dull preacher when he's gone 10 minutes past 12. Why are you worrying about what's going to happen tonight and tomorrow? 
Focus on what you're doing right now. How can I seek first the kingdom of God at this moment? Right now, what's filling your pipe? It needs to first be kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. I'm going to challenge a lot of you young people. Listen, young people, the, we live in an age where young people have to have background all the time. Background music. Talk, and even some of the older folks are doing this. Have to have the TV on or a podcast playing or, or Pandora's going or music. Let me just tell you, you're using up your brain space. I'm not saying it's wrong to listen to music, but listen, if you've got something serious going on in your life, maybe it's time to clear off and get some silence and listen to God. Amen. I'm not even saying those things are sinful, but if they're stealing from your ability to seek first the kingdom of God, is that? Amen. Seek ye first. Are you going to have faith or are you going to fret? Your choice. Your choice. Because you're the one who controls what's going on right here, right now. Amen. How do you bring every thought into the captivity of Christ? I think I just gave you a pretty good example. What can I do right now? At this moment, how can I seek God right now? The advancement of God. More righteousness in my own life right now. Right now. Right now. What's the best decision? Right now. That's what you need to spend brain power on. That's what you need to spend brain time on. You've only got so many resources. Some of you are starting to figure that out. What are you going to spend it on? Father, Father, 